We are live, Eric Butler. We are live. This is real. Welcome back to Unauthorized Opinions, uopod.com. Like, share, subscribe. It's pure propaganda and it's super cringe, by the way. An unopened can of orange soda just chilling <laughs> in the parking lot. I was like, yeah, I got to vote for Trump, dude. It's great here. A lot of fat chicks and a lot of screaming. <laughs> Your podcast f- sucks. It's mental, mate. Everything's going to be all right. Eric Guy. Oh, oh, Eric Guy. Do you know that song? I don't know that song, bro. No. Um, promised myself I'd stop saying um so much. I failed that already. It is, we're in a climate emergency, Eric. I don't know if you know that, but we're in a climate emergency. And especially in areas like Boston, which are not hot. Uh, that's where the climate emergency is hitting hardest. And... Now that you're no longer in Arizona, do you feel attacked by the weather still? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the the weather, the sun monster is coming to get us. I mean, because it doesn't matter, right? If it gets too hot, sun monster. It gets too cold, sun monster. Drought, <laughs> sun monster. Flooding, sun monster. Hurricane, sun monster. Tornado, sun monster. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So... No matter how you slice it, yes, the sun monster is still coming for us. And that's why I think I've said before that I believe this to be actually the most sinister of all of their weirdo agenda driven, you know, control narratives. Right. Because long story short, you can see a six foot, a six foot four tall carbon based life form and realize it's not a woman here. They're always just going to tell you, well, you know, if you um, if you just paid a little bit more in taxes or if your 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 family didn't drive that truck, then. Maybe your house wouldn't have been hit by a tree, you know, because of a hurricane. And then you have, of course, Ron DeSantis, who I, for the record, we can run the tape back. I never really was a big fan of Ron DeSantis, but the bar is so low coming from New York under Andrew Cuomo. But the point is, uh, a tree hit his house a couple of weeks ago after Hurricane Dahlia or whatever. And you should just see that some of the comments in like the TMZ Daily Beast post like, ha <laughs> karma like maybe the tree was gay it's just like dude you guys are <laughs> absolutely despicable i mean you know ron DeSantis is a bot he he's a you know he's so some might say republican chat gpt but it's like dude <laughs> these these people they take any any instance to like throw shots at their political opponent who they don't even know why they why they hate shout out youtube for demonetizing us immediately again as we say every the, week the banner right because now climate comes with a banner yes well we will get that too but uh i think we should just label it demonetized before <laughs> i wish there was a way we could say yes we know we're demonetized automatically review it every week as we mentioned demonetized every wednesday or thursday remonetized before after the steam is taken out so don't forget to like share and subscribe if you're on rumble give us a thumbs up and subscribe there if you're listening on apple Podcasts, spotify or google podcasts and many others please give us a five-star review twitch. share it to your ig story if you can twitch getter twitter or x as they say it dmx rest his soul should be protesting that first story eric since we mentioned the climate we can get to the boston mayor now she is very progressive she's got a progressive plan oh she asian and, a, asian asian lady yes 
Chinese lady, Michelle Wu. She declared a heat emergency at 86 degrees. And, of course, there is a hidden agenda behind this. She declared the emergency somewhere around the morning of Thursday with a press release that said it was going to get up into the mid-90s, so we need to declare a climate emergency. All the comments on this story were, I live in Texas, it's 104 right now, Arizona, everywhere else, Florida, it's 95. The great part about this is when she declared this at 86 degrees, it never even reached the highs that they said it was going to reach. It got up to like 93. And the next day, I believe it rained in Boston. So they declared this emergency for weather that's kind of hot at the end of (laughs) the beginning of September. And I think a lot of the places in the Northeast, we got a wave where it was back up to like 90 something for three days. And now it's cooled down again. Luckily, when I went to a baseball game the other day, it was cooled down. But she says high temperatures will reach into the 90s with the heat index expected to reach the high 90s. It didn't. And then immediately, Eric, the impacts of climate change are more palpable than ever with extreme heat posing risk to our communities. Although extreme heat affects blah, 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 blah. Um, let's all make our lives worse is basically what she's saying. So when she did that, of course, um, made the note of the fact that the weather was only 86 at the time and she was out checking in on these schools. Why did she do this, Eric? you got to believe that she doesn't actually believe that 86 is boiling temperatures because it isn't. You got to believe there's something else behind this. And there is. There's an obvious connection made here with why she declared this. So Boston, they realized a couple of years ago that none of their schools had air conditioning for some reason, which was normal for a lot of people growing up. Not me, <laughs> um, even though it got really hot in there anyways. So they had 3000 air conditioning units installed in the last year into their schools because I guess they had none forever. But 14 of the schools still didn't have it. Their electrical system is terrible, I guess. So there is a bunch of closures. They're sending kids home early because, you know, if you've ever been in an elementary school or a high school, these old buildings, they get really hot because there's poor ventilation. If it was built a long time ago, there's 30 people in a room, et cetera, et cetera. So there's kids being sent home, sent home early, stuff like that. So we can't we can't mention that it's because we haven't installed air conditioning units yet. It's because of climate change. So she's going around checking in all these schools that haven't got air conditioning units installed. And she's using that, the fact that it's hot as hell in these schools, to say, look at this climate emergency. Look how hot it is. Look how much it, it's getting so hot that we have to send kids home from school. This is outrageous. We have to do something. And, of course, that was her actual plot. It's very mean, very sinister, and we know that Democrats like to operate off of being mean. All the rules we see in our life right now are based off being mean. Oh, you can't be on Twitter if you're too mean. You can't misgender somebody that's mean. You can't you know, make a homeless person move where they're staying because that's mean. You can't stop somebody from breaking into your house because that's mean. Everything's centered around that, so she has to turn this easily solvable situation which is we might actually have to spend money on building new schools or somehow gutting out their electrical system and redoing it, which they had, of course, all summer to do and didn't do it. Actually, it's just the, the, the climate. So I'll, I'll shift back to what her plan is here, and we'll, we'll hear what you have to say about it, Eric. Uh, the city has been engaging in a variety of projects to support extreme heat mitigation and improved health for residents. One project is to, pl- to ban fossil fuels in all, all new city buildings. 
after teaming up and this is where it gets insane their city actually has a director of the green new deal that's a new that's a position in the city of boston and they announced that by executive order and she's also got this other thing that we'll look at that's insane which is called the heat plan which she described in her very own words as 26 strategies that will help build a more just equitable and resilient boston so uh, heat impact here. So I just want to scroll through the jargon on this page here. I can get your commentary on it. And this is clear. This is sincerely one of the worst written things I've ever seen in terms of a progressive left-wing proposal on something. You know how when somebody says something like this, you can kind of predict, oh, it's just going to be all jargon that means nothing. This is literally an entire page of that, and it's worse than I've ever seen. You just scroll through together. And this is supposed to be about making th- the weather cooler together we can build a more just equitable and resilient boston scroll down key takeaways through leadership and collaboration we can prepare our communities buildings and infrastructure and natural spaces for the impacts of climate change this is okay boston's already experiencing the effects of climate change we'll experience hotter summers preparing for hotter summers is critical we must continue to prepare for both in long and near near and long term eric the entire city of Boston is a heat island. Not everyone experiences a hot day in the same way. Equitable heat resilience. How we build climate resilience matters. For injustice and systemic injustice and inequity, Eric. Prepare for hotter summers provides multiple benefits. Together we can build a more just, equitable... There are zero solutions on this entire page. Well, there's no... Of course there's no solutions because there's no problem. There, it, it, okay. Um, this thing, uh, this, this climate um, hysteria is obviously one of the most sinister... I mean, look, I go back and forth all the time because quite obviously mutilating children and, <laughs> and, and cramming LGBT... CIA, Q, BBQ, whatever into schools is incredibly insidious. But again, you can see those things. Kids know, right? Like we can run the classic clips of whatever, some old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, like boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. You can see that stuff. A little <laughs> kid, a little kid can see that stuff. So this is in the wind, right? This is um this is an invisible monster or the sun man monster as I like to call him. But um First of all, I think you once again are trying to maybe pretend that <laughs> this that this woman is like, yeah, it's silly. It doesn't make sense. But you're still giving her the benefit of the doubt, trying to give us the impression that any of it, like that, that she goes home and thinks she's doing a good thing. She knows she's a grown woman. She's not stupid. She knows how manipulative this, this entire thing is. She knows exactly what she's doing, which is obviously why I used to jump back and forth between um, incompetency and stupid or, or incompetency and evil. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very clear now that this is all evil, but I'm, I'm just, this, this is absolutely through the roof because there's several things with this climate change hysteria. First of all, we can, even in, in the word equitable that's used in that piece of jargon or whatever, right? Like how, it doesn't make any sense. We're constantly told that it wasn't that long ago. I think we're both old enough to remember a point in time where it was called global warming mm-hmm. that it, we're told would affect the whole world, the entire world, China, 
India, the UK, Australia, everybody, the whole world. But then also somehow it affects communities of color and we need to be equitable, right? I mean, that's the first thing. Um, and we can fix it probably one way or another, the way to fix the, the problem that they just created by spouting some nonsensical words is of course to pay more in taxes. And this also is right in line with what we heard from an old Project Veritas report, I believe it was, right? Like when, when Rona goes away, sort of, what is CNN gonna do? Oh, we're gonna ramp up the, the climate hysteria, right? And so we're watching that happen as they try to bring back Rona hysteria on top of it to kill two birds with one stone. And I don't know if you were able to download that video I sent you from a local Bay Area news report where this quote unquote doctor, this UCSF doctor who's clearly a paid off shield, barely even speaks English is saying that, well, you know, I think now in the summer times, we're going to see a spike in COVID because climate change is forcing people indoors. So what he's trying to say is that the climate crisis is forcing people indoors because it's hot in the summer and people being indoors next to each other is going to cause a spike in Rona. All the while you have crazy people on Reddit who are telling us that that cold you have, that might be Rona. It's like, well, you don't even realize what you're saying is that you just, you got sick. I mean, it's all absolutely through the roof. And these very same climate ho hoaxers or hucksters or whatever, these climate scam artists, these are the same people. So they want you to believe that the climate is changing and we can fix it if you A, pay more in taxes, B, you don't drive a truck, and C, the cows don't fart or whatever. Those very same people also want you to believe that the same air is deadly because Rona is floating around in the air and you should be very scared of that and it has nothing to do with the election cycle. And they also, that very same group of people, because we know that it's highly likely they are not going to budge from any of the agendas. So we know that those very same people are likely to also tell you that a little boy can become a little girl if he just so thinks it or if he likes a stereotypical girl thing, but we're also told that the stereotypical girl things don't make a girl a girl. It's all completely through the roof. And last thing here, this is incredibly triggering, I'm sorry, but the last thing here is, again, out in California, Senator Scott Weiner is posting on his social medias recently in the past day or so that there's big climate bills coming down the pipe. So this man is telling his quote unquote followers that he's going to draft up a bill and make another law or something in California that's going to change the weather somehow. And this coming from a man who believes that children can just change their gender. And he also thinks that if you pay junkies and gift cards, they're gonna stay clean. I mean, this is all absolutely through the roof. Well, I just wanna point out here so that people see it as evidence how full of nonsense these plans <laughs> actually are. I just scrolled through while you're talking and 14 pages of this plan and it says absolutely nothing. And the, the very few ideas that they put in cost almost nothing. Operations and communications, extreme temperatures response task force. Preheat look, 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 this is good. This is, this is obviously somebody creating a job for themselves, right? So somebody got paid to create this PDF. It doesn't mean anything. But also, weren't we just told just the other week that fans 
that we need to that we need to not have yes. fans because <laughs> they so, cost too much money. They, so let me read some of these terrible. Okay. Let me read some of these terrible ideas. I just want people to see what actually a green. They're calling themselves a Green New Deal city. I just want people to actually see with their own eyes their own plans and how stupid they are. Citywide cooling network. Enhanced and expanded city-run cooling centers. So that's literally just a place where you go outside of your home, where they that, they'll have air conditioning that because they don't want you to have overrun it. by homeless people. It's only of course. Okay. Expanded community climate leadership. Extreme temperature plans for outdoor workers. Uh, we can keep going here. Cool main streets. They wanted to plant trees. They want to put canopies out, like literally fabrics. They want to expand a um water fountain like a drinking fountain network like these are the worst plans anyone could ever come up with and they're and they're saying how great it is how they're gonna fight climate change by putting you know shade on the street and drinking fountains and we're gonna create awareness and education and we're gonna point out how these neighborhoods of color are more are hotter than the other ones so it's unjust like none of this stuff, it's written like by the person and call like when you have to write something in school, Eric, and you're just like, I'm 500 words short of the marker I'm supposed to get. And you say the plans of the strategies are working towards getting to the goals of the key initiatives. That's what this all is. And they've got a bunch of documents writing, justifying how they can plant more trees and and put up fabric canopies in community centers. And this and is all for 86 degrees. This is all for 86 degrees, Eric. And not only is nobody going to click on this to see how stupid it is, but they're going to just say that this very thing that exists justifies them talking about the extreme weather. And they're going up to the podium and saying, extreme weather, we're all dying from heat. We have a great plan to fix it so we can keep taking your money. And then their plan is absolute, absolute garbage because they're not actually, they don't act one. Nothing's actually happening Two, They don't actually need to do anything. And three, it's all just to continue saying that, you know, other people in politics are doing the wrong thing. They're not doing anything either. Anyone who's seven years old and up can say, I need water, trees and shade. Like <laughs> This isn't a plan. And this is one of the forefront cities for it, Eric. Boston, Massachusetts, with a very progressive mayor who hires a person to have a Green New Deal director, and this is the best they can come up with. With they have no actual things they're fighting against, and they have no actual plan. Yes, and all for eighty-six degrees. All and this for is thirty-nine dollars per lifetime of a ceiling fan is what they're doing in in the Biden administration. And this is funny because growing up in the Bay Area where not very many people have, it's different in Los Angeles, it's obviously different in Arizona, Nevada, but if you go to the San Francisco Bay Area, most people do not have an air conditioner just because it doesn't get that hot. And my mom hmm. would always say, like in the summertime, if I wanted to go to the pool, she would say, well, or, or if I wanted to go to the beach, oh, we're not going, it's not 90 degrees. So they <laughs> haven't even reached the threshold for me as a youth wanting to go swimming. They haven't even reached that threshold. And they're throwing all of this stuff at the wall. It almost seems to me like they're panicking. They're panicking. They're throwing everything at the wall. And that's why it's constant. Like it, it's, it's look, how many times do we have to say it? it it's, it's always going to be life and death, right? I can almost guarantee that some, <laughs> somewhere in those, somewhere in that, 
in that nonsensical pamphlet that somebody got paid to put together that PDF that if you don't do this, people are going to die. If it hits 90 degrees in Boston, somebody's going to die. Well, to cover up the fact that 14 schools don't have air conditioning by saying there's a climate emergency so that you can say later, things are so bad, we had to declare four climate emergencies. Like, it's all just compiling a paper trail for them to self-reference and circularly reference to justify their own existence. Because if if that doesn't happen, then you might actually have to fix the air conditioning in these schools if you don't have this. But instead you can say the climate, look how many climate emergencies we had to. And then in five years, somebody else is going to use that data in Boston, Massachusetts between 2020 and 2025. They had 32 health heat emergencies declared. Therefore give us a hundred billion dollars. Do you have half of that goes to Ukraine? Do you have the clip of the doctor that I sent you or no? Uh, yes, from ABC News. Yeah, just it's it's all a bunch of jargon. It's a whole a bunch of Rona fear mongering. But just scrub through if you can. I mean, can't it's do a that on Instagram. Clip. Yeah, you can. Maybe not on not, desktop. Not on desktop. No. Not on desktop. Okay, so it's probably not worth worth watching. I think it's like five minutes. So it's a little bit long. But Peter play, Chin play the, Hong. <laughs> play, play the first couple seconds and just listen to what the. COVID cases on the rise in the Bay Area. That's that's the, what the segment Categorize is. Categorize this latest COVID wave we're seeing. Where does it stand now? Uh, so I think we haven't seen the crest yet. Um, it is more than we thought we would be seeing, uh, but it is still very, uh, you know, small compared to where we were one year ago and where we were during the winter. So I think you know it's not like we have to get things out of our mind and not think about COVID anymore nor do we have to live in fear. It's kind of somewhere in between, oh, meaning that okay. we can go out, but do aware that there are risks depending on do aware. who you are and what your immune status is. So I said, is. he barely even speaks English. And this yeah. is the guy. They're trying desperately so hard and they can't even get the, they can't even fake the numbers hard enough to justify anything. And, and it gets worse. And we'll leave it here because we've been talking about this for far too long, perhaps. But at the end of that segment, the end of that segment, he ties in a quote-unquote increase in Rona cases to climate change. It's almost like he got the complete and total package memo, right? None, <laughs> none of it is his own findings. None of it can be questioned. Like, we can sit here and question it on the show, but again, you can't go to the hospital that he works at. You can't go to UCSF and say, well, what are the numbers looking like today? They're not, they're going to stonewall you. Those are things that can never be proven. They can never be questioned. And obviously that anchor lady, she's, she doesn't know what's going on. She may or may not be completely evil. She may be as dumb as a box of rocks. She might not know what's happening. So she's just going to let this guy ramble on about, we oh, 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 we we need to still be careful, but we will not be scared. What are you talking about, bro? This is how stupid they think we are. And for him to end that little, I mean, to tie both of those things in together in this disgusting little agenda-driven burrito, it's all absolutely despicable. And I think... On the plus side, most people can see through it. If you read some of the comments, and this is this is a local Bay Area news channel, so presumably most of the audience is from the Bay Area. People can see through it, and that's the very same channel that employs a guy named Reggie Aki, who pretends to be a straight uh, a straight news shooter, but he's obviously has his whole, you know, he he went on air and said that. You know, if you don't want to respect your children's pronouns, then you're likely just not a bad person or you're likely just not a good person. So it's all completely 
I mean, it's all completely compromised. And on the plus side, I think people are seeing through it. But on the downside, the establishment does not care. They do not care that, you know, what's the old saying? We're lying. They know we're lying. We know they know we're lying, but we're going to lie anyways. They're going to (laughs) show It's despicable. In Florida, a black surfer says that he was subject subject to a, um, what was it, a surfboard lynching? Yeah, a symbolic lynching. A symbolic lynching. So I was reading this earlier, and this guy (laughs) is in Jupiter, Florida, a popular Jupiter Beach, a popular surfing destination. And he says he was told he was not welcome, and he said they nailed his surfboard to a palm tree where's the photo of it here there it is they nailed his surfboard to a palm tree (laughs) he called it a lynching of course they didn't nail people horrible as lynching was they didn't nail people they hung them so he's a little bit faster they said maga country he should have said (laughs) he should have said crucified his (laughs) his um surfboard but that wasn't racially charged and he said this is how the real racism and hate is in jupiter florida from his account, black surfers, but people there. That's he not is his looking... account. Just because I, I oh, looked okay. into, I I did a little bit of research on this because I just thought it was so bizarre. Well, he's saying it's racist, of course, but they interviewed some other people who said it wasn't racist at all, and this is where it starts to find fall apart. They said it has nothing to do with your race either; it has to do with your etiquette. One told him, "You obviously do not seem to understand that. Still, no one is after you, man. None of us are racist." But he said this happened after I was physically pushed around in the water by two dudes grabbing my board and a third guy screaming, get off our beach, you're not welcome here, and the rest of it. And one of the things that I found odd, Eric, that poked a hole in his story is that Venus Williams lives there, who I get is the tennis player, Serena Williams' older sister, who's amazing at women's tennis, but not quite as good as Serena Williams. She moved there, and she got enough money to live wherever she wants. So for this to be true... And her surfing there, it well, would have to, why would she choose this racist place to live, Eric, is my question. When she's a famous black woman and she chooses a racist place to live when she can afford to live pretty much anywhere? Uh, yeah, well, that's the simple, that's the simple answer, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's sound logic, Andrew. That, that makes sense. Um, well, what about this one before, before you say that? The, he he did not call the police, but took the board down, stayed and surfed the whole day with a small board to sh- show face. A few locals that were there apologized and agreed that it was wrong. They didn't agree that it was racist, and the police department said it is investigating. So you think these are so racist there that you don't call the cops and have these people charged with a hate crime? If this was somebody who said, I'm going to do this because this guy's black and we don't want black people ha- here, that is an obvious hate crime, theft and hate and desecration of their property well, well, no. and an obvious there's, hate crime, but you don't no call such... the police. You, you don't want to, you don't want to charge people who are this mean, Eric. I don't get it. Well, first of all, there is no such thing as a hate crime. It's not real. Well, right? legally there is the, the, yeah, there's a lot of weird legal things that are not real. Like there's climate laws on the book. I mean, it's there's committing a, lot of a crime with also being mean. <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, exactly. And, and look, before I was, I mean, many years ago when I was in college, not 
not because I grew up a conservative or I grew up, a, you know, we used to make fun of hate crimes. Like my back in the day, my roommate used to, his his quote unquote rap name was hate crime. Like it was a <laughs> joke. And we 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 all knew it was a joke. Um, and we weren't we weren't politically active. We weren't talking about uh, Kamala Harris or Gavin Newsom or any of the or, or the governor or any whatever was going on at the time. We didn't talk about any of that. But we did know at our young age that a hate crime was stupid. Right. So, yes, what you're saying about Venus Williams makes perfect sense, obviously, but it does get better because I took the liberty to go into Instagram and look at the account Black Surfers. And of course, they are sort of this weirdo agenda driven surfing account or maybe they're not agenda driven, but they just don't know what's going on. Maybe they're completely maybe they smoke pot all day and they surf all day and they don't know what's going on. So when somebody says, oh, Black Surfer. They just look and, and maybe they've been out of the loop for the past decade. Who knows? But they say white supremacy is a sickness, a vile thing that rears its head in so many ways. Yeah. Can you, yeah. Click, click the, yeah. Click that. Can we, can we take a look at that there? So they, they, they do their whole little spiel, but then they actually pin a comment from the guy. Uh, what's his name? Um, Sherlock Brown, Sherlock Down, whatever. I forget his real name. But um, he literally says, he writes, this, he writes this whole long paragraph that I will, I, I will sum it up for you. That, um, oh my God. <laughs> I've met lots of great people in Jupiter, Florida, including people, or I've met lots of great people in Florida waters including people in Jupiter. I did apologize for losing my cool at their beach. So he's apologizing for something he knows he did wrong. And people were saying he was, if you read all of the comments, I didn't read every single one, but I read a lot of them, that he was, I don't surf, so I don't know the etiquette, but he was kind of overbearing people and getting too close to people in the water and like almost knocked over some kids or something. So if he's not directly from the area, what I would compare it to, is growing up, I went to the same golf course every day, right? If some outsider comes in and starts uh, hitting his driver while you're still in the fairway, you'd be like, mm -hmm. bro, cool it. Or, or, you know, there's a bunch of etiquette things, right? Like if you're on the putting green and you're, you you know, somebody starts intruding on you, you say, cool it. So that's, that's where I took from it is that this guy is out there in the waves. He's not giving people the proper space. He's getting, mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's encroaching on children and stuff. Somebody told him about it. He lost his cool. He apologized for losing his cool and then said, I felt more accepted by the end of the day after I took the surfboard down. So all of this to say, I flew off the handle. I called it racist. I took the surfboard down and it wasn't really racist after all. But that story will never get told because now we got Vlad TV and, and all of these people, Daily Mail or whatever, posting that a black and people in people in Miami or, or in Florida. They know the deal, bro. Like, yeah, are there some weirdo people? Sure, there are weird Nazis in Orlando marching over a bridge with their swastika signs, supporting Joe Biden and the Nazi regime in Ukraine. Sure, but is this guy a victim of racism? Absolutely not. I like how they googled person being beat with billy club at beach or something. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no context. Maybe it is a racist event, but I, there's no context there at all. I think Eric that this makes you a gigantic wuss if you did this, because if you take out the 
claim of racism. Let's just say he went to the beach and guys did guys nailed his board and then took and we take they're the same race. They nailed his board to a tree. This is just you posting online about how other dudes were mean to you. It it makes you. But it turns out you were the jackass first anyways. Yeah. But to seek attention for this and to go online and be like, guys were mean to me. It makes you a complete and total bitch. Like if I if I went to go play basketball, which I'm known to do basketball jersey on and i come home and i go on my instagram or my twitter and i say these guys were mean even let's even say it was racist because there have been black guys that i've played against in basketball who who were they call you white boy they call you whatever (laughs) it just happens and and let's say i went home and i said this group of black guys uh said that i suck at basketball happened to me a hundred times in my life (laughs) And I'm posting about it. And I'm like, this is what and racism. It turns out you actually do suck, so they were right the whole time. This is what racism in basketball looks like, guys. Five guys who are better than me in this sport were mean to me. This we've got so much work to do as a community. It makes you look like a total loser. So even if we took that out of this, all you're saying at the on the basis of this is guys were mean to me. Give me sympathy. It's the male equivalent of here's my ass, but don't judge me. That's what it is. This is what it is. It's a wussy guy going online and complaining because he wants attention. This is not a man. If somebody is racist to you and they did this insane racist crime to you, then get them charged with a hate crime or fight them or do something. Do something other than go online and cry about it. Like, this is the crybaby economy. And I'm so glad, Eric, in case you didn't watch UFC last night, that Sean Strickland is the champion now because he is a guy, he beat Israel Adesanya. Nothing to do with race. I'm just glad he's the champion because he calls everything out. We're in this timeline now where Sean O'Malley and Sean Strickland, a couple of Sean's, no coincidence there are now UFC champions at uh, two guys who call everything out and are not offended by anything at the exact right time that the world needs this. We now have two champions who are going to be forced to be interviewed by the media and call everything fake and gay. That's what's going to happen. And this is what we need right now in a world where adult men are. Oh, eh, people but, were mean to me. I don't buy it, it. I don't like it. But why? I mean, how could you be so desperate? Right. Everybody knows. Everybody knows kind of. Like it's give me do. money. Blacks, black dot surfers want money and attention and followers. Yeah. No, Just like right. Andrew yeah, dot Eric wants money and followers. Yeah. It, it's just, it's pretty. I mean, are they really this far out? Are they, are they so desperate? Or are they so out of the loop that they really think that people specifically in Florida are going to say, Oh, what? I, those surfers are just so rude. I, I mean, dude, everybody knows. Everybody knows if you peel one layer off of this onion, it, it's it's going to be a completely different story. And um, yeah, this guy's absolutely pathetic. And, and shout out to Vlad TV who has built this entire. Because this is where I actually first heard about the story. So Vlad TV, mm-hmm. Vlad TV posted twice in one day that Derek Rose was playing chess on his <laughs> iPhone while he was at a Drake concert. Twice. So. Vlad, is, I mean, Vlad is just pounding the pavement. But when it comes down to it, remember he said, I'm not, he used to do Scott Adams interviews all the time, like him and, and Scott Adams and Boozy. And, and, you know, he used to have some regulars on his, on his platform. 
And when Scott Adams said the exact same thing that a black activist said, right? We can talk, we can get in the weeds about how all the black activists want to have separate graduations and, and separate neighborhoods and all this, you know, you know, even Killer Mike and all sorts of things. But as soon as a white guy says it, who literally says the same thing, he's like, oh, I'm never going to talk to Scott Adams again. Mm. Okay, bro. And Scott Adams has the, has a, he is sitting atop a huge pile of FU money, Vlad. He was helping you out. But <laughs> neither here nor there. I also wanted to note, I'm looking at my Google homepage here, and it's just funny that our third decade of climate action. It's like, it mm. never stops, bro. Climate, yeah. racism, trannies, gays, it's just nope. through the roof. Yeah, it's through the roof. The C, the L, the I, the M, the A, the T, the E. It's climate. We're going to have to do... I was going to talk to you about this after the show, but we, I might as well just say now, we need to review Diddy music videos because I was... Well, I, every time I How turn are we gonna on... Do that? We just watch Diddy music videos and we comment on it because they're so bad, Eric. The 10 minutes yeah, but... of Diddy... Why does he inject himself dancing with Jennifer Lopez to a salsa song in the middle of a rap music video? Uh, well, you sound like Suge Knight, but... Um, <laughs> what? Well, yeah, if you don't want... How the are we going to do that? Producer, you don't want the executive producer dancing I'll in open video. your videos. Yeah, this is <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, everything's going to get copyrighted. Copywritten, no, if you're reviewing it and you're not just playing the whole video, we'll set it up in advance. We won't do it live. We'll let it sit for a while, and if it gets copyright, we'll challenge it, and we'll let it go through because you're allowed to do that. We did it with Making the Band. I think we should do it. Been around right. the world is the one that I was talking about. I'd never yeah. seen the video. It's not good. It was a different time. It was. The dancing, though, was great. And then it moved into Lil Wayne music videos. And oh, then up- I love this story, too. Oh, and then it went to Uproar, where they're doing the special delivery beat and the dance and everything. So, Eric, this story hits close to home for me because it sounds like Canada, but you can't do it in the U.S. The governor of New Mexico says Benny Johnson. Benny Johnson's great. I mean, you can't help but laugh at Benny Johnson on YouTube because he he's like, look what this is. This is ridiculous. I I really like Benny Johnson. I don't know why. I don't know why, but he I like him. Uh, governor of New Mexico has just declared the First and Second Amendment does not exist due to an emergency. Under this legal theory, all of our rights are essentially eliminated. And we're going to hear from her. And the crazy thing about this is this is exactly what happened in Canada. Let's listen to her. She might, maybe she makes sense, Eric. You took but your point is valid. You took an oath to the I love this story. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carrying license? With one exception. And that is, if there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary Pause amount it. of time, Pause it right there. I can... The faces of the guys... <laughs> Dude, she lets the cat out of the bag in two seconds there. First of all, there's no such thing as, yes, with one exception, if there's an emergency. What? No, it doesn't. No, no that doesn't that, work like that in America. That literally is not the case. Did it, was there a, a footnote at the bottom of the, uh, at the bottom yeah. of the Well, no, it wasn't. That's the first thing. But she, she believes that you're stupid enough to believe that. Yes, you're right. With one exception, an emergency. And then what's the next sentence? And I said, there's an emergency. What? It gets worse from there. But this is where we're at. Like, who is giving her these talking points? Who is the man behind the curtain saying, they'll buy it? Well, these guys next to her are, I'm guessing, one's her police chief of something or head of security or something. I can't read that. 
And then this guy just looks so perplexed. And they're both just like, what are you saying, lady? Additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. That's just the most insane thing. That's exactly what the Constitution is. And you said no footnote at the bottom of the Constitution. That's what it is in Canada. That's why when they, and Australia, that's why they were allowed to lock people down in Canada. That's why they were allowed to put people in hotel rooms in Canada, camps in Australia, because in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, it says all these things are subject to an emergency, which means you can do that if, as long as we've declared an emergency. Yeah. And if I got into power, a real man if of the Conservative <laughs> Party in Canada would get into power, he'd say, we're amending the gosh darn constitution to, to take that line out. They'll never do that because they're cowards. But that's exactly why that's allowed. And that's why I always say we don't have a real constitution. We have all these rights that can be taken away at any time. And they were. This woman seems to think that's how it works in America for some reason, who has a real constitution. Except for when we declare an emergency, we can suspend the Constitution. And what was the last line she just said? I, 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 I actually want to start it from the beginning. Let's kill, I'm sorry. Well, let's let it play without. You want to let it play? Yeah, it's then, only a minute 45. Okay. Yeah. You took but oath. your point is valid. You took an oath to the Constitution. Isn't it unconstitutional to say you cannot exercise your, your carrying license? With one exception. And that is if there's an emergency. And I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time. I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. That's the line. There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency, this guy on the left, <laughs> this 11-year-old, and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. Uh, because what about their constitutional rights? I took an oath to uphold those two. And if we ignore this growing problem without being bold, I've said to every other New Mexican, your rights are subrogated to theirs. And they are not, in my view. Uh, wait a minute. Okay. You're talking about crimes. There are already laws against the crimes, so how are their rights? <laughs> but, but again, if I'm unsafe, who's standing this up? Guy for that wiping way? his face now. If this climate is so out of control, somebody <laughs> should do something. I'm doing as much as I know to do. Yep. Do you really think that criminals are going to hear this message and not carry a gun in Albuquerque on the streets for 30 days? Uh, no. <laughs> but here's what I do think. It's a pretty resounding message. No, it's not. So this is the exact logic they used in Canada for lockdowns, vaccines, and everything. You don't have the right to make me sick. You don't, your rights don't supersede mine. There's no rights superseding anything. It's just rights. And she thinks that you can just take them away. One, because she thinks it'll matter if you tell people that they can't <laughs> carry guns for 30 days. Like, just like the reporter said, criminals aren't going to do that. But the fact that her excuse is because you might harm me. Therefore, your rights are suspended. It makes no logical sense. Legally in the United States, it makes no legal sense. 
And this is the ramblings of a woman who just wants to be able to say that she is God, essentially. When I say so, I have all the powers. And if you're bad, then I can take away your rights to punish a few people. I will punish the the greater population to send a message to those criminals and they're going to hear it. Yeah. I don't uh, even yeah. man. Well, you're right. So she, first of all, I mean, the entire argument hinges on something that's completely untrue. We've gotten through that, right? There is yeah. no, yes, except for in an emergency, com- verifiably untrue. Secondly, <laughs> and, and secondly, she, she, the very next sentence is, and I've created an emergency. It's like, wait, so, so, wait, so that's like that's like Fauci saying I am science. It's like why didn't you just say you know, I, I'm I make the rules now? It's the exact same thing. And then she says that we should be able to have this debate or something. Something in there she starts yes. talking about. It's like really, lady, you don't want to have a de- you. We both know you don't want to have a debate. You want to declare emergencies left and right and tell people exactly what to do. And if you think that it's an emergency, whatever happened in the state of New Mexico. And now you're declaring you're declaring a state of emergency where people can't carry their guns for 30 days. Like, and then everybody's just going to start robbing people because (laughs) they won't have their guns. (laughs) No, no. Why not? Instead of telling people not to carry their guns, just say, "Hey, state of emergency, no crime for 30 days." That's right. Why why would first reporter said? Yeah. why, Why would this one work? If you well, why not? Why can't you just go to San Francisco and say, "Hey"? It is a state of emergency. Cars are being broken into. You can't park your car for five minutes to go get some snacks out of the gas station. It is an emergency. No more car break-ins. Hate speech is a permanent declared emergency against being mean. If you think about it, if a governor was to say, we're declaring a language emergency from now on for the duration of this emergency, which could last three years, as we saw with COVID, for three years, well, it's coming being, back now. So being mean is against the law. So hate speech emergency, you guys. We have to point out these stupid scenarios and apply the logic evenly so that, you know, maybe you're just sitting there and you're being like, why can't we do that? And I feel like we have a duty, a call of duty to, to apply it. And everybody does. Is, and good on those reporters, whomever they were to try to apply this logic that this person's presenting because she said we should have a debate or whether or not we can suspend rights. And that's just not what America is founded on. And that's well, not she place doesn't want to wanna have a debate. Obviously she doesn't want to have a debate. She wants to make the rules as she goes along, but more importantly, maybe not more importantly, but secondly, who, who, who are the, who are the gun toting New Mexican Patriots that are going to say, you know what? She's right. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do exactly. There's, there's that market. I don't believe exists. There's criminals who are going to have guns anyways. There's patriots who are going to have guns anyways and use them properly. And then there's going to be a bunch of libtards who don't have a gun anyways. There's not going to be, there's not going to be um, a, a strapping six foot five man with five kids who's taking care of the household and, and carries his gun in his truck and one on his hip. And he's going to say, you know what? She's right. I, it's, it's, I better listen to this weird little lady and put my guns in the safe for the next 30 days to save a life. That market isn't even there. Who was that for? Somehow it's never their fault. Just like in Chicago, oh, we have great gun control. It's the people bringing in guns from out Indiana. of state. That's yeah. the problem. It's not New Mexico's fault. It's uh, It's somebody else. They won't say it's Mexico's fault, even though that's probably where a lot of the illegal firearms come from. We have to sue Kia and sue Hyundai 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I liked, um, what was this comment on one of our videos? The, uh, is San, there's nothing wrong with San Francisco. It's propaganda. As long as you learn not to leave your valuables in your car, you'll be fine. It's just like, I don't want to like, that's not reality. You love your, what is it? You become okay with your slavery or something. My friend uh, called that where it's like where I live, Eric, where you've been. Um, maybe I shouldn't say what I do. <laughs> Come on, criminals. I won't say what I do, which I'm, I'm comfortable with my safety and it's not leave my door unlocked. I'm not that stupid, but, um, you know, let's just say you don't have to worry about your car being broken into. No one knows what my car is, so I guess it's fine. But like, you don't like, that's not a world you should accept where it's like smash. It was the Seth Rogen thing where if you haven't had your car smash and grab, then I guess you just don't know what it's like to live in a big city. It's like, I've lived in big cities and Toronto sucks per- a lot now, but you don't just expect your car to be broken into uh, a few years ago. It's well, the, the, these policies that you guys allow that turn your city into this, and you don't realize it. Well, the car break-ins are a very specific San Francisco problem. Like, something's happening there. I don't know whether it's gangs or what it is. That's a very, like, yeah, it happens in Oakland. It happens in Berkeley. It happens in other Bay Area cities. But it is a very, I mean, the same thing with the poop, right? Like, yes, there's yeah. poop San Francisco's in Oakland. great. But it's just, it's very specific to San Francisco for some reason. And it's one thing for me, like I'll admit growing up, I thought it was all normal because I was a kid. So when you, when you don't know anything else, like if I go, if I take the BART or, you know, the Metro, whatever you want to call it from Oakland to San Francisco and get out and the, the train station is in the mall. So I go there and just shop. There was a point in time in my life when I was really young where I didn't even realize that people lived in San Francisco. It was just a shopping mall to me. I didn't know what was going on. Of course, the the anchor retailer from that mall has left. Right, that's how bad it's gotten. This is a five story Nordstrom anchoring the biggest mall in San Francisco, and they were just like, you know what? We're not doing any doing it anymore. But that's not the point. The point is, when you're a kid and you're growing up and you see a bum sleeping outside the train station, or if you see, you know, whatever, you see the the elements that were half as bad then as they are today. If you see that and you think it's normal. What we have on this post is a grown man who doesn't even realize that there's other things out there. Or maybe he (laughs) does. Maybe he does, and he's just been so brainwashed from two decades of smoking enough weed to, like, kill a horse or whatever. (laughs) And um, among other things, but there's no way that a grown man can see this and say, makes sense, right? You can, <laughs> you, you can realize there's a problem and say, you know what? My life's here and my job's here. I got to just plug, you know, I got I to gotta get through it. I got a kid, I got a family or whatever. But there's nothing that, that can convince me that, no, no, you're wrong. This makes total sense. Just don't leave your backpack in the car, idiot. It's like, imagine, yeah, imagine being a man just being like, I'm just going to deal with that. I'm just going to deal with that reality of somebody breaking. No, do something, you wuss. Like, if if I found out my car was being broken into in a place I regularly park, I'm staking out my car and probably busting some kneecaps. <laughs> like, like, just, like, you just got to, you got to defend, like, defend your property. And if you're not going to do it physically, then defend it by, you know, voting with your feet, making some sort of political change complaining at the store like do something like but even rolling over and dying is just like 
there, I, I got into. No, no, no. A, that's that's not that's not dying, Tim. That's that's being compassionate. That's, that's living. Being, <laughs> no, that, that's being compassionate. Like we have to let these. Because I got into can't it be with mean. another guy. Yeah, Don't exactly. be mean, Eric. It. Remember the um? Do you remember the video of the guy destroying a, a stoplight? He had climbed on top of the stoplight mm-hmm. and started destroying it. And one of these guys who has a pretty big following, um, you know, Bay Area following about Bay Area culture and stuff, was like, "We just need more." Literally, just saying, "Oh, we just need more money. We need more community services, dude." More community service is not going to stop this guy who's high on meth or something. I don't know what drug makes you climb up a streetlight and start kicking it down, like kicking it from the top down. But these people have been so brainwashed their their entire lives spent in that little bubble. And it's exactly what the Gavin Newsom's and the Kamala Harris's of the world want. They want people who have been in this bubble. And and I posted the picture of the, the possum guarding the garbage. Like that's literally what it's like. It's like, Nobody wants your garbage, and you guys are like, this is fine. No, it's not, bro. Like, it, it's really weird. You can't tell that it's weird, but it is. And don't get mad at people who have a different a difference of opinion. And about that specific comment, oh, just don't leave your backpack. That ship sailed. Don't leave your backpack. That backpack ship sailed a decade ago. I remember working in downtown San Francisco, and a friend of mine had her car broken into because there was a Chevy's birthday hat visible in the back seat. <laughs> so the, the backpack thing, like, dude, if you leave a penny in the cup holder, if you leave an iPhone charger in the in the center console, it will likely be smashed. We're not talking. He wants to believe that it's just these tourists who are leaving two thousand dollar cameras in the front seat of their car. That ship sailed a long time ago. These people are out for anything. They don't even care because there's no consequences. So it's it's very High reward, low risk, right? You can smash ten cars, maybe get, uh, maybe get a kid's school supplies, and you make no money. But there's no risk. Nobody's gonna stop you. Apply this logic to a different crime. That's the last thing on this topic. And imagine it was like women being assaulted, and you apply this. Lo- <laughs> what are you doing, leaving your girlfriend outside? What yeah. are you doing thinking that she can, your kid can walk to the, walk to school? There's no, just, victim blaming. You just gotta, you just gotta learn, bro, that you can't just be leaving women outside in the streets. NASCAR, we'll do this one quickly because it's just a little update. NASCAR removed their racial requirement from their diversity inter- internship. We covered this last week, Eric. They simply removed the, um, the part that says you have to be black, African, American, you know, the old uh, everyone's from Africa, American Indian, Alaskan Native, Asian, Latino, Hispanic. They removed that. But of course, they didn't remove it from their other programs. Their diversity philosophy still exists. They still have the supplier diversity, which we talked about was the weirdest thing, how supply chain needs to be from gay and lesbian and minority owned. If your if your tires aren't gay, then I won't have them on my NASCAR team. And then, of course, the driver and pit crew program still exist. NASCAR won't respond to anyone's request. I emailed a girl to have her on the show uh, to talk about why she thinks this is a good idea. This is an Asian lady who promotes their pit crew diversity racism program, so to speak. Uh, they don't want to talk about like why. Why is this a good thing is what I want to know. Why is it a good thing? to divide by race you'll never get an answer nascar everybody anything on that no it's not a good thing it's stupid and they're not i mean are they trying to get like more they're trying to get 
No, I have nothing, bro. Like NASCAR. Okay, okay. Here, here's what I do have. I'm sorry. Um, their whole thing is not going to, that doing that is not going to attract more black people. All you're going to do is alienate the fans, the fan base that you do have. Because if you have black fans, then they don't care. If you have white fans or or Hispanic fans or whatever else, they don't want to see you pander. Mostly, again, where is the where is the market of people? Where's the market of NASCAR fans who are like, you know what? I would watch this every single weekend, but it's just not enough black people changing tires. Like it, the market isn't there, so you're alienating your fans, and you're not bringing any new, any new fans. So you're doing this to please BlackRock or whatever. Yeah, going it's, on. it's ridiculous. It's so some, I, I did have something for that. Sorry, it's some sick person's fantasy of like we must force everyone, we must force everything to be multicultural. Oh, dude, this unless it's white. I like all. What of is this about? Stories. I, I, this is not so much about the story as it is about the absolute state of journalism. Okay. I mm-hmm. live on, hold on, hold on. Let me read it. Okay. Me, go ahead. I live on $50 a month in San Francisco. Here's everything I buy. That is provably By false. Samantha Ibrahim. That, that we is. We can't, we can't get to her, her stuff. We don't have a. I don't know. It doesn't open in a new tab, or it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But that headline is, pro- and I like the New York Post. Right? They will cover everything from the lopsided breasts of an OnlyFans model to the Hunter Biden laptop and everything in between. They typically do pretty good work. But this is a provably false headline. So this obviously caught my attention because I am from the San Francisco Bay Area. But what's happening here? Is they and look, they win. They win this round because I clicked and I read the article. But what they're saying is this woman only spends $50 a month after rent, bills, and groceries. So what they're telling you is this mm. woman makes just enough money to have a modest social life. Should have been the headline. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So saved a after, small fortune. Yeah, right. Okay, so they don't even tell you what her job is or whatever, but <laughs> look, rent, utility bills, and groceries are not included in the scanty sum. <laughs> so what they're saying is this woman has a job just good enough to allow her to pay her rent, buy the necessities, and she goes, she eats ice cream instead of a fancy, I mean, it's just through the roof. And this really has nothing to do with the woman she's made. Made all of her following on TikTok with whatever how many hundreds of thousands she has, and she's doing something right on that front. But this is about the the quote unquote journalism or journalisming, as Ben Shapiro would say, that we've gotten to, where they would write a blatantly false. Here's my recap of July. <laughs> Look, I, watch I, one. I, let's watch one. Okay, let's watch one. It uh, it took me to TikTok there, so I guess we got to watch it on TikTok unfortunately here's a day in the life of someone on a 17 dollars budget for the month my name is alexis and i'm currently on a challenge to spend 50 dollars each month and my remaining balance is 17 dollars and 34 cents for july i've talked before about how the use of my two reality rule in which you acknowledge both the negative and positive sides of a situation but then solely focus on the positive is boring embrace when budgeting and today i was really put to test with that rule who the hell watches this crap eric my god this is almost two million views 
why does anyone care? This is the this is the person in the friend group, Eric, that nobody wants to hang out with because they refuse to spend any money. Oh yeah, I'll come to this thing, but I'm not buying anything. I'll come to this thing, but I'm not going to eat. And they just sit there on the phone the whole time. Like this is a loser. But this has people. This has become. How well that aside, I'm not knocking (laughs) her. Whatever she can live on a budget in San Francisco. I don't care. This is about the New York Post posting a blatantly false headline to gain clicks about a woman living for $50 in San Francisco, which is obviously impossible. And and if you read three, four paragraphs in, oh, yeah, by the way, um, rent, bills, and groceries, that's not included, right? So after that, rather than uh, going out to a fancy dinner, she bought an ice cream cone for $10 instead uh, instead of going to dinner for $100. It's like where does she go where she doesn't have to pay for the roller coaster? She did have to pay for the roller coaster. That was eighteen dollars. Oh my god! But it, look, it, it's just, sorry, I can't it, go to that. I won't spend thirty dollars. And then she says the the influencer set aside an extra twenty five dollar a month of her normal expenses for flowers, weekend coffees, or candles. This money does not count towards her oh. fifty dollar limit. So, so now, she uh, so it's all a lie. So it's all a lie, and it's like. <laughs> This, this is the point I'm trying to... It's not about the woman. She has figured out a way to trick a, a million TikTok losers into watching her boring content. And, and she probably lives in a little a little junky infested you know, hole in the wall somewhere in San Francisco. This is about the New York Post promoting a headline that is blatantly false. And when you read two to three paragraphs in... They tell you it's blatantly false in a roundabout way. You know what this reminds me of? Early on in the Rona hysteria, there was that article that I referenced from time to time. Um, I forget the outlet. It was like Pix11 or or one. Um, it was a New York. It was a local New York station that said it was trying to scare the scare the crap out of everybody. So, 33 year old Queens woman dies contracted COVID, and then you read the article, it's like, well, she also had AIDS, chlamydia, and asthma. It's like, wait, so she was... Car accident <laughs> people getting hit by a car they died of COVID? Yeah, it's like, but this is, they just will blatantly lie right to your face. And this only caught my eye again because it says San Francisco. They could have said, oh, woman lives off $50 in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have rang any bells. But this one, I'm like, okay, what does she live... I thought I thought they were gonna say she was living in a park and she bought a tent. Like I thought it was just gonna be a documentary about a homeless person or someone who lives at the YMCA or something. But it's literally just a fake story about a woman who, yeah, like you said, goes to things with her friends and doesn't pay for anything. Like, it's not a story. Man survives eating beetles in desert in Joshua Tree. <laughs> survive wears the same pants that he soiled six days in a row <laughs> disgusting um somebody told me yesterday a story about how their pa- their friend peed their pants in their car i won't say who it is but shout out to that person who peed their pants in a car my sister vomited in our backseat of our saturn when we were kids uh it smelled like vomit oh for oh. weeks there was also Patreon the diarrhea plane the diarrhea plane? Yes, that I wrote about that. That's a good one. Uh, diarrhea all, all up and down the plane. <laughs> we got 30,000 feet. <laughs> Patreon.com slash UOPod is where you can find the bonus podcast every week. For as low as 
like six dollars us you can get our bonus podcast each and every week uh we got some advanced content coming soon from me when i went out and caused some shenanigans um uh my hometown has a lot of poo piles in it i'll say that now (laughs) it's becoming san francisco patreon.com slash uopod and uh you get the bonus podcast every week at the end of the week so you get us uncensored bonus content no shirt no pants no service Shout out uh, Katie in the comments who says, keep up the good work, guys. Please keep getting the message out. Katie, please subscribe to Patreon. Anything before we go, Eric Butler, now Florida resident? Um. Well, of course, buy my book. And secondly, I'll, I'll, what? I know, I'll, I'll leave a cliffhanger. Maybe we'll learn about it soon. I'll tell you all fair. Wow. Only on Patreon will you get Eric's exclusive racist content where he talks about whites unending and how bad they are at basketball. You heard a bit of it earlier, how racist he was to me, assuming that I was bad at basketball. Patreon.com slash you will pod. Thank you, everybody, on the audios and the videos. Turn it up, Jordan.